If you have the word of the Lord with you today, if you turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start reading at verse 16. We're going to go to the end of the chapter. Apostle Paul, in writing to the church at Galatia, writes, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, I have, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Now, these are some really uh, good verses that are in the Bible that are that are written here. We need to look at it because we look at it. We are looking at the true, yeah, the two natures that are within us. The two natures are within us. The old man and the new man, they're within us all the time. On the one hand, there is what, brother? There's the flesh, the flesh, the natural man. And on the other hand is the spiritual nature or the spiritual man. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. These two natures that are within us. So it's as we go and we look through these things, we're going to see and I guess we're going to be the only ones that can answer on what side we are on. We need to look and understand this. I'm going to just go down to verse 25. I want to read this again unto us. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we're living in the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, he says we just can't say that we're living in it, we have to walk it. You know, I think brother, brother Leroy said one time, we can't just talky talky. We got a walky walky. You know what I mean? We have to do these things. You know, when we look at this, I, I, I want to read something going to, into, uh, first Corinthians chapter two before we really get started. Verse 14, remember we're talking about what? The natural man and the spiritual man. But in here, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, but the natural man receiveth not or does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, 
because they are spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. See, the natural man cannot receive the things that the Spirit of God. And we can see, for they are foolishness unto him. That's like, and I believe it's Psalm 1. What does it say, Brother Roger? The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. And we can see that these things of God are foolishness unto him. Foolishness unto him. And I like what it says, neither can he know them. I, I, I really am enjoying the apostle Paul as he writes these letters. And neither can he know them. The natural man cannot even know them because they are spiritually discerned. So when we get back here and we look at this, you know, I wrote down some things. I, I, I want to read this one. These two natures are often found in collision. They're warring against each other. These two opposing natures will never cease to struggle as long as we are in this world. As long as we're in this world, these two natures, the natural man, the spiritual man, are going to continue to struggle within us. It's always going to be a struggle. You know, we think, we're, we're, oh yeah, it's good, everything's good, everything's nice. That's when we have to watch out. When we think everything is going good, because that nature is always within us. That old man, that old man is continually with us. You know, it's it's like, you know, when, when yeah, I think it was John the Baptist said, you know what? He's talking about Jesus Christ and he says, he must increase, but I must decrease. See, we have to, we have to constantly keep down that old nature that was within us because it wants to rear its ugly head in our lives all the time. And the spiritual man, we got to keep trying to build him up. How can we build up the spiritual man? How can we do this? By reading the Word of God. That's why I applaud Freddie for reading the Bible because it's, it's going to build him up. It's going to lift him up because we need to be what? In this world, we need to continually be spiritually strong. You know, in, in the scriptures, in the New Testament, it says, bodily exercise profiteth little. I mean, we want to be in good shape physically, don't we? We don't want to, we don't want to not be, but what we need to do is be spiritually fit, spiritually strong. And we get that from reading the word and praying. Not just reading what you need to be praying all the time. Praying in the spirit. We need to be reading the Bible in the spirit. We need to be reading good books also. Good books. This is what we need to be doing then. So he starts out in verse 16. That was kind of a little bit of a preview. Now we're going to get into the meat, Brother Roger. He says, he starts out in verse 16. This I say then. This I say then. So he's saying, the advice I'm about to give you. He says, I'm going to give you some advice here. He's also, you know, what I mean is this. This I, this I say then. This is what I'm meaning. We're talking about these things. And he says, you know what? I've been cautioning you. We look through his, his epistles. He's cautioning us, isn't he? And all of these things. Because he's saying, look at, look in, look in Revelation when he's writing to the churches. When he's writing to the churches. What does he say? 
even the church at Ephesus. He says, I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. So he's cautioning us through all of these epistles. He's cautioning us as we're looking at this. So he starts out, this I say then. This is what I mean. This is what I'm trying to get down to. Kind of like in Ephesians chapter 6, when he gets down to that one verse, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Not my might. Not how strong I am physically, but in His might. In Jesus Christ's might. Because He's spiritually strong for each and every one of us. So this I say then. Here's the advice I'm giving you. Excuse me. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So we're going to concentrate on this. You know, we look, walk. Remember we just said, you know, too much talky-talky, more walky-walky. So we look at it. Walking is a metaphor for practical daily living. So we know we walk, right? We walk all over the place. You know, we walk all over the place. We can walk with our feet. But he's talking here. It's a metaphor for practical daily living. Our manner of life out in the world. How are we living our life in the world? Remember Brother Roger when he was in the, when he had a store in the mall, he'd have a lot of people come in and he'd start talking. He had a great opportunity to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. He was just not, he was walking in the spirit. So we, we need to look at these things and say, you know what? He's telling us, this is the advice I'm giving you. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. So when we read the Scriptures, we have to watch out as we're reading it. We need to look at punctuation. We need to lose, look at capitalization. So when we see here, it says, walk. It's really important. He put W, a capital W, but we look at it in the Spirit. It's a capital S. It's talking about the Spirit of God. We need to be walking in the Spirit of God. We need to be walking in the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Doing those things are pleasing in His sight. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Ye shall not fulfill the lust. Notice that He's not saying, I'm going to take away that lust of the flesh. He says, no, you're going to be able to, that you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That lust of the flesh is still going to be with us because we were talking about these opposing natures will never cease to struggle as long as we are in this world. So he's not saying, I'm going to take that away. Just like Paul, when he sat there and he besought the Lord three times that he would take away the Lord, the, 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 the thorn that was in his flesh. That thorn was there. And if you read there, right, Brother Roger, he, God didn't say, I'm going to take that thorn out of your flesh. What does he say to Paul? He says, my grace is sufficient for you. So don't worry. Don't worry about that thorn that's in your flesh. Go living your life and proclaiming my gospel to the nations and going all around and everything. So he's not saying he's going to take it away from us. But he's going to say, we're going to be able to not, that you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. 
you know, he's so good unto us. He really is. Turn back to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I'm not going to go where you might think. I'm just going to go to the very beginning. We're going to read the first nine verses. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So we can see that the Apostle Paul is very consistent with what he teaches and what he's wanting to give us advice about. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. So we see, the law could not do in that it was weak. The law could not do what Jesus Christ was able to do. Because the law said every year the high priest had to go into the holiest of holies. Not without blood. That means that he went in there with blood to offer it what? For the sins of the people. So the law was weak in the flesh, through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness for sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. See what he did? So Jesus Christ, what? One time. One time. That's all he had to do. We don't have to go. We don't have to go every year, Gary. We don't have to go every year because Jesus Christ did that once 2,000 years ago. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. The righteousness of the law. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. You know, he talks about here, he says, you know what? If you walk in the spirit, you're not going to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So when we're looking at it, that they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. The flesh is getting a hold of them. You see what I mean? The flesh is getting a hold of him as they're going through these things. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, if we're following in the Spirit, we're walking in the Spirit, we are not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, if we go down, we can see the lust of the flesh is really kind of bad, isn't it? You know, Brother Rogers, he talked about, you know, when we go back to Romans chapter 8, and he saw well, all those things that, I'll, that shall not take away the love of Jesus Christ that's in our heart. We see there's a lot of things in here. There was a lot of things back there at the end of Romans chapter 8. We look, let, let's go down a little bit, because it says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, are manifest, which are plain. We know what they all are, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, jealousies, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, divisions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelies, and the such like. I think there's maybe 16, 17 of those things. But when we go down a little bit, we're going to get into the hair again a little bit. But look at what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. What does it say? Against such, there is no law. 
There is no law against doing these things. So we look at that. What do we got? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, what? Temperance. What is that? Nine? Nine things. You got 16, 17, or I think there might be 18. So we, we need to watch out. We need to be looking at these things. So the David Rathford, to be bad, or to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Carnally, carnally minded, the natural man, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because we're living in what? Jesus Christ. The song we sang, where does he live? He lives within our heart. And that's what helps us and keeps us from not to keep us so that we do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For because the carnal mind is enmity against God, is opposed against God. Opposed against God. So we see these things. It's enmity opposed, for it is not subject to the law of God, and God neither indeed can that indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Paul is very plain here. If you're in the flesh, what is it? You cannot please God. You're not able to please God. I don't care how hard you try, how hard you think you're succeeding at it. The Bible tells you you cannot do it. If you're in the flesh, you cannot please God. And then comes my favorite word in the Bible. He goes and says, but, but. Ye are not in the flesh. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. We don't belong to him. If that Spirit of Christ, what does it say? The Spirit of God dwell in you. Dwell in you. We have to have Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. We're not his. You know, he's the great shepherd. What does he say? The shepherd hear my voice. And another will they will not, they will not follow. I know I'm not quoting exactly, but it says it. And another will they not follow. And what does Jesus say? He says, you know what? I know my sheep. He knows our name. He knows each and everything about us. So we can see. We're going back into Galatians chapter 5. When we look into verse 17, it says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. You know, when we lust or lust is to covet, to long for, set the part upon, set the heart upon, intense desire or yearning. So we've got to watch out. So these two are lusting against each other. As we talked about it, we said we've got that constant battle, that constant struggle is going to continue to go on. It's going to continue to go on until the day we die. You're always going to have this struggle within us. We've got to understand that. That's why we have to stand fast. We've got to be strong, strong in the Lord all the time when we look at these things, an intense desire or yearning. 
That's why we gotta, we gotta keep putting it down. And we can only put it down with the help of Jesus Christ. We can't do it on our own. We can't win, brother Roger, without Jesus Christ in our lives. And that's what we're looking at these things to understand this. I wrote this down as I was doing some studying yesterday. The inclinations and desires of the flesh are contrary to those of the spirit. And that's what it talks about. These are contrary the one to the other. They draw us away in opposite directions. It's opposite directions. How The Bible says, how can two walk together except they agree? They draw us in opposite directions. And while the Spirit of God would lead us one way, our carnal nature would lead us in another way. They're pulling us apart. We've got to be on fire for the Lord. Like those men that were on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus joined himself with them after he'd been crucified. And while Jesus was opening things unto us, unto them, what did they say? Did not our hearts burn within us? Are your hearts burning within you for the love of Jesus Christ and continuing to be part of him? It's not an easy thing. It's a battle. It's a battle. We're going to always have this battle going on within us. Sometimes we win some. Sometimes we lose some battles, Brother Roger. I'm not saying we're going to win everything. Just like in the wars that we've had, you win some battles, you lose some battles. But we know that what? We are going to win the war. We are going to gain the victory through Jesus Christ. That's what should keep us going on and continuing to go forward in our lives all the time. These two natures are, they're never going to harmonize. They're never going to be coming together because they're opposite. And I was sitting there, I started reading, so I had to, I had to actually go in and look. And I, I was looking at, at magnets because I, I like using this as a metaphor a little bit. In a magnet, there's always what? A north and a south pole, right? So poles of the same name will repel. So if you try to put north and north together, it won't. Have you ever tried to do that? I remember when I was in school, they would have us do that. And you'd have magnets. Try. You could never get them to go together. I mean, Gary, I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm pretty strong, you know, right? I can do this, right? And you try to do it and you get there and just at the very end, it would, it would go off. But if they're of a different name, they'll go together. So that's what we need. We need to come together as people and have that good fellowship one with another so that when we're going through these things, we know have people that are there for us all the time. You know, we have people that have our back, right? I know Brother Roger's got my back. Right, Roger? See, he's got my back. So we need to be there for each other. We have to have our back all the time. And we're going to do these things. But look at it. So, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Now, 
See, we, we, we got to realize Paul. Paul went through a lot of things, didn't he, Brother Roger? Let's go back to Romans chapter 7. Paul's going to tell us, I've, I've got this fight going in my, my body all the time. We're going to read verses 15. We're going to go down to 21. So Paul, he's writing to the church at Rome, and he says, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find a law, I find then a law, that when I would do good, evil is present within me. We have to understand that we're, we're just like Paul. When I would do good, evil is present with me. And even Paul, look at what he says. For I do that I would not. There's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So Paul was always having this struggle, just like we're having this struggle in our bodies today. Paul was going through that same thing. I know people think, well, they want to put Paul up a little bit higher, you know. And, and, and Paul did really good. I mean, he was a good man, you know. He, he wrote a lot of that. But, you know, he was going through the same struggles that we're going through right now. He knew it. He knew it. He said, I'm going through these same struggles just as long as you. Sometimes I do good. What is he saying? Sometimes I do good. Sometimes I don't do so good. You know, Paul wasn't perfect. We have to understand that. Paul wasn't perfect. He knew he wasn't perfect. We have to understand that we're not perfect either. That sometimes we're going to do good, sometimes we're not going to do good. Don't think that you're one of those, I, I, I don't do stuff like that. You do. You do. How can Dave say that? Because it says it right in here. It says in the Bible. We got to watch out. We got to, we got to be, you know, when he says about sober, he's talking about spiritually alert. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. When he says be sober, be spiritually alert. Be spiritually alert. You know, sometimes Satan, he really, he really hides some of these things. So we, we, we've got to watch out. So, I've been reading a, a book. Brother Leroy told me about it. I actually bought it. And I have, I've, I've got another one, but this one is, uh, The Combat Between the Flesh and the Spirit. It's by Christopher Love. He lived in 1618 to 1651. The, the sermons that he preached here are, a lot of them are in 1650 to 1651, right before he was martyred. Okay. He was, it was just awesome. We realized that was what, 350, 375 years ago. He was writing these things. 
Now, I'm thankful for the people that, that did this book, Brother Roger. They didn't do it in Old English because back in 1650, that was the Old English and everything. But he, he talks about it here, and he's, he's looking at this, and he's saying, bear with me, I, I might not be able to get past that, but he's talking about, um, he's, he's giving an answer to these, an answer to, in particular, there are seven ways by which corrupt nature incites men to sin. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read two and three here. So how does he incite? By persuading you that there are some sins that there is no fear of you committing. The devil has a great advantage over men in this regard. Our own hearts sometimes tell us that there are some sins so foul and so contrary to our natural temper, and we think we have such a measure of grace that certainly we shall never commit them. Thus it was with wicked Hazael when the prophet told him what evil he would do unto Israel, that he would burn their city, slay their young men, dash children against the stones, and rip up women with child. Hazael could not believe this, but he said, Is thy servant a dog that he should do this great thing? Of course he did. Thus Peter's heart deceived him. Though all men forsake thee, yet I will not. But how his heart deceived him? Even a godly man may be thus cheated by his own heart. Men will not believe their hearts to be as bad as they are. And when the heart is once brought to think that there are some sins that it shall never commit, by that means a man grows secure and is thereby the more easily drawn to it. Thus David made conscience of lesser matters, for his conscience smote him for cutting off the lap of Saul's garment. But he never thought that he would fall into those gross and scandalous sins of adultery and murder. So his heart grew secure and deceived him. This next one is three. Is the flesh incites to sin by promising man pleasure, and delight in the commission of sin, but conceals the hurt and mischief that comes by it. Isn't that the way it is? And how are thousands deceived hereby? Every man is tempted when he was drawn away of his own lust and enticed. We are said to be enticed by our lust. The word is very emphatic. Being a metaphor drawn from fishermen, I want you to listen to this, who let the fish see the bait, but not the hook. And as the fisherman deals with the fish, so does the devil when you're corrupt nature. They will show you the pleasure of sin, but not the danger of it, the bait, but not the hook. The apostle Peter speaks of beguiling unstable souls. It is your own heart that deceives you. As the devil, before Adam had a sinful neighbor, manner, nature, I'm sorry, use this engine against him. So now your own heart uses it against you. If you will eat, says the devil, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil, and your eyes shall be opened. The devil hid the hook. He did not show them that they would be driven out of paradise, but hid their danger and so deceived them. Now your own corrupt heart sets upon you in the same method. The way of a wicked man seduces him, said Solomon. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. 
The work of the wicked shows him seeming reward, but his own, but it is only the godly whose reward is sure. See, he, 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 he shows you the hook or shows you the bait, baits it, but doesn't show you the hook. That's what we got to watch out for. Because he's there for us. This is a real good book. I'm about a little over halfway done. Actually, Mabel started reading it just the other day. And there's supposed to be a book about his life, an autobiography. I'm going to see if I can get that for her so we continue to read in these things. But if we go back to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 18, he talks about, in verse 17, we see the lusting going back and forth. In verse 18, Paul writes, But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. We are not under the flesh. And then it goes to talk about the works of the flesh, which are manifest, are all these things. we got to be careful. You know, you said, well, I would never do, I would never murder, but does that mean you might not... Um, Hatred, variance, drunkenness, revelings. You might not do one, but you might do the other. There was talking about one of the things I was looking at reading was the one man, he sat there and he said there was three things put in a put that he was looking at that was put before him. Uh, drunkenness, and then he was wanting to kill his father and ravish his mother. And he sat there and he said, well, the two I won't do. He says, but that other one, getting drunk, he thought, well, yeah, maybe I'll do that. Well, he went and got drunk, and in his drunkenness, he murdered his father and ravished his mother. So we see, he wouldn't do the two, but when he did the one, it gave him the courage and everything to do the other two. That's why we got to watch out. So we think, well, I would never do this, but well, if I, I do this, it's like they said, well, this is just a little sin. Is there any such thing, Brother Rogers, a little sin? We got to watch out. Be sober. Be spiritually alert in all these things. Look at it again. In the fruit of the Spirit, we got to watch these. We, look, we need to not so much concentrate on the works of the flesh, but we need to know them so that we cannot fulfill these things, the lusts of them. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace. I want to go back to joy. Does anyone remember what Brother Leroy said, what joy is? Does anybody remember that? Joy? What is that? Jesus first, others second, yourselves last. That's what we got to do. See, when we do these things, we have these things in our mind. Peace, long-suffering, long-suffering, you know. God, God and, and Jesus are long-suffering with us. I remember my father-in-law told me all the time, he says, you know what, we ain't nothing but miserable people. Miserable people. That's why we're so thankful he's so long-suffering with us. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Look what it says, against such there is no law. There's no law against doing these things. If you do these things, and I think in the Bible it says, I'm not going to quote it, if you do these things in a bound, you know, you abound in doing these things. I think it's, it's somewhere about it, you shall never fail or fall or something like that. 
That's what we got to watch for. We got to do these things. And they that are Christ, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Have crucified the flesh with, my Bible's got in here, it says, with the passions and lusts. Remember when I talked about, about lust is, is set the heart upon an intense desire or yearning, an intense desire. If you have Christ, you have put these, you've crucified these. Crucified, put them to death. Mortify the deeds of the flesh. That means put to death. Mortify, I think it comes from Latin, which is calling morto, which is death. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desire of vainglory or pride or idol, provoking one another, envying one another. We should not provoke one another. We kind of poke people to get them. Don't you, Brother Roger? Kind of poke them a little bit. Just don't poke them. Don't envy one another. See, that's, that's that, that green monster of pride just gets us in just jealousy. Jealousy. He's telling us we're, we're not to be like that. What is he telling us we need to do, Brother Rob? We need to be more, more Christ-like. More Christ-like. So we got these two natures. These two natures are going to be within us. We've got we to be able to just keep it in check all the time. Keep it in check. Living our lives holy and devoted to, to God. Holy and devoted to to Jesus Christ. When we look at these things, we just realize that sometimes it's going to rear up its ugly head. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. But how do we react? It's nice when we win, isn't it? We all like to win, right? Our grandson Jackson, he always likes to win. We all like to win, but we don't like to lose. But how do we react? How do we react when we lose? when we might lose a battle. We need to repent of what we did. So repentance is not just ask for forgiveness. Repentance means you ask for the forgiveness, but it's a turning away. It's a turning away from what we did. We need to learn. What do we need to do, brother? We need to learn from our mistakes, don't we? That's what we need to do. I hope that what I've said today is going to help us in our lives. You know, some of, some of us might be going through some some trials and tribulations in our lives. We can see what, what it is. But if God is on our side, we're okay. What does it say? I think it's in Romans chapter 8. If God be for us, who can be against us? I thank you for your kind attention this morning.